a big thing when it comes to um, what our mission is. You know, if, if that, was, that was your question, what's the mission? The mission is help guests feel full. And that doesn't mean just you give us money, we give you food, nobody gets hurt, now you're full. It has to do with your soul. You know, it's something as, as small as smiling and caring and genuinely actually caring. Um, it just tiny little things. Welcome to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. Join us as we discover ways to define, measure, and grow your culture. We want to help you intentionally build a culture that fits you. Hello, leaders. Welcome to the Build Your Culture Brand podcast. I have with me today, Chad Grolt from Yukon, Oklahoma. Welcome, Chad. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to have you. I was really privileged to come out and be with your team a while back. And uh, what a beautiful area. So Chad um, has a Chick-fil-A. He's the owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Yukon. They're in Yukon, Oklahoma, just on the west side of Oklahoma City. Chad uh, started with Chick-fil-A, uh, first of all, working in the DFW area, worked three years there, and then actually did uh, you did an inter interim manager role in Pennsylvania for, what, six months? And then yeah. jumped yeah. right into, uh, got selected for Crossroads Mall there in Oklahoma City. And that's kind of where yeah. we pick up the story here for the Yukon, Oklahoma City area. As Chick-fil-A has grown and there has been systems put in place, you know, that interim manager program in 2007, 2008, when I did that, um, was not near as formalized as it is today. You know, they, they had company-owned restaurants that needed to be run by capable managers. And so I had an opportunity there in Pennsylvania. Now it's a, it's quite a, a leadership development program. It's very intentional. It's intensive. It's, it's at least two years, sometimes longer. Um, of course, I, that program changes quite often. But yeah, at that time, I just um, got an opportunity to go to Pennsylvania for about six months and and run a store there. And that was a great opportunity for me. It was a low volume mall, but it was run well uh, when I took it over. It was experiencing double digit growth, but it just was not profitable. And so it was a, it was a fun um, opportunity to, uh, to lead out for the first time without having an operator over me. Um, and so that was a neat experience and it was an opportunity for us. Yeah. It really set you up for success there at Crossroads. And then pretty quickly after that, let's see, you were there at Crossroads about 17 months and very quickly Yukon opened up and kind of shifted that direction. I'm very thankful to, uh, to the Kathy family. They, they went ahead and opened up a store in Yukon um, and had the opportunity to, to open up there. It's where we were living at the time. I was driving to South Oklahoma city um, to, uh, to work at the Crossroads mall, but we were living in Yukon and so Chick-fil-A opened up there and, and they I got the opportunity to have that store. Well, that's a growing side of town. I know it, it seems like Oklahoma City is just continually growing out. And even though, you know, it, it, it's basically a suburb, but it, it's hard to tell the difference between Oklahoma City and Yukon anymore. So you've got a growing economy there and, and, a, and a growing team. You've had some successes over the last few years. So love to hear a little bit of your your leadership story. Before we dive into that, uh, just for our audience to get to know you a little bit, what what would you call your leadership superpower? And then on the other side of that, what would be your kryptonite? I think empathy is just such an important thing um, because empathy, you know, being a, being able to put yourself in the shoes of the guest, um, 
you know, a restaurant, what a restaurant is, is a house of restoration. I mean, it just, it's, it's a place where people come and they eat and you decide where you're going to eat based upon feeling. And so, um, and so empathy is, it helps with that. And on the flip side, um, you know, having a team, hiring, training, recruiting, retaining this team, uh, having to put yourself in, in the, in your team's shoes, um, who are the ones who are doing the hospitality, who are, who are doing the serving. I think empathy is incredibly important for that. I've seen you use that in a, in a super way. How's that? You're <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very kind. Yeah, very kind. Yeah. Good deal. Well, what would be a weakness then in your, in your leadership gifting? Sure, sure. So I'm an incredible, I'm incredibly introverted. Um, I'm probably too much of an introvert. I could, I could be alone um, for a long period of time and just be as happy as I can be. Uh, and so it's really easy for me to disengage, uh, not necessarily with the business. I, I'm engaged with the business, but it's really easy for me to disengage with guests or my team even, and just say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to live the analytical side of my uh, business life and just ignore the fact that I have humans here. And so so I think that also probably matches with the empathy side because I recognize that, um, that I, I, I'm not a loner, but I could be super easily <laughs> be a loner. And so I think the empathy thing is a muscle that I've had to flex to counteract that. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing, I'm, I'm not driven by recognition systems myself, just this idea of, of badges or plaques or, um, I, you know, people remembering my birthday, things like that. I just, that's just not what drives me. Um, but I know that I'm not like other people, other people aren't like me. And so I, I, at my worst, I can be just a cold, um, <laughs> uh, unfeeling sure. person at my best. I'm empathetic. Well, I've, I've never experienced the cold and unfeeling part. So there you go. I've, as, and well, there I've you go. You for a couple of years, so. but you know, yeah. I, I can see how yeah. those would work together. If we think about that for just a minute, like, if you have this high sensitivity to empathy and kind of feeling other people's feelings and, and, you know, kind of thinking, trying to think what's going on in their hearts and their minds, that could be super draining. And so I could see how, you know, introversion would be a, a way to recharge, a way to pull back and almost like, hey, I only have so much to give and because I'm all in when I'm giving. And so I could see yeah. how those would actually coexist. Things where I think this really plays well into your business and how you run your your location there is that because you're not, you know, driven to be in the middle of it and be seen and you what I see is you're you're actually giving away ownership, you're giving away parts of the business to your team and coming in behind the scenes and kind of organizing that, like you said. And, and setting them up for success. So I, I really think that that has been a, a key place of how you've built your team and really pushed them forward. They're the face and you're in this massive support role that comes natural for you. Would, would that describe it pretty well? Yeah, I think so. And, and again, you talk about, you know, we, we all have certain personalities and at your best, this personality does that. At your worst, this personality does that. But I... I I think one of the emphasis is that I've had to uh, put on myself is there's a difference between delegation and neglect, right? Like this, 
So the, the term would be active delegation. I don't know if somebody else has coined that phrase, but that's the term that I that, that I use and that we use with our team is you're giving somebody that ownership, you're delegating that responsibility to them, but but you're not disappearing. And that's the that's the hope for me is built-in things that when I give somebody that ownership, I'm I if I trust them, if they're trustworthy, if they have that ownership, then it's almost like I'm a consultant and checking in, how's it going? And that, that consulting is built in accountability without saying, are you doing your job? Um, but it's, how can I help? And so the, the act of delegation um, has to be critical. <laughs> Otherwise it's just neglect. And it, you're giving away the business in a poor sense in that you no longer own the business. I think there's a difference between that. There's a difference, difference between that and giving away the business in a healthy way where they have ownership partnering with you. And so that's, that's been the hope and the goal is the idea of active delegation rather than passive delegation. I want you to think back for just a minute and, and share with us a moment where as you look back or in the moment, it felt like a failure, something, some experience felt like a failure that ended up propelling you forward. Yeah, that's a difficult question. Um, Cause I, you know, Failure is a funny word because what can externally look like a failure be, can be success and what can externally look like success can be a failure. And so that's, that's challenging, but I, I know going from this tiny little mall to opening up a brand new freestander in a sub, you know, in a suburb where everybody's super excited. Um, we were understaffed when we opened the restaurant. And that alone, just that fact was a failure to me. I, I, we weren't crazy understaffed. We probably could use another 15 to 20 people. So that, that may, I don't know what that sounds like to you, but that's, I've heard stories where it's way worse, where they only have 15 or 20 people, but, um, but that was not good. And I, I knew that I recognized it and I didn't, I just, I, it was embarrassing. It was frustrating. It was stressful on the team, but that, actually ended up being a really almost God-ordained thing, I feel like, because I learned a few things from that. And one is that I would much rather have not enough of the right people than have enough of the wrong people. And and that principle has carried us through. And I think, you know, you, you talk about building your culture brand all the time. I think if you have, if you're well staffed, but you don't have the right people, your culture is going to struggle. And if you have the right people, hey, we'll, we'll go to battle together. We'll, we'll help each other out. We'll do what we need to do. Well, this is hard, but, but at least we've got a good environment and I have the people that I'm rubbing elbows with I enjoy. And so I, I think that was one thing that was, was incredibly helpful. Um, was that and the other thing from being understaffed? Um, is I knew we were going to turn over some people because when you have not enough people, the, the pressure builds on the, on the ones who are there. And in our grand opening, um, Chick-fil-A used to at the time do a second mile service workshop. And so Bill McPeters um, was my consultant or our consultant at that time. And so Wednesday before our Thursday grand opening, he, we got all of our team members of 50 something in our dining room. And, uh, and, said, uh, and basically did a, a second mile service workshop. And I did not lead that at all. I didn't know how it was going to go. I was an observer and I just, I didn't want to miss it. So I was an observer. And that was so helpful to me. One, I was encouraging in seeing how much the team engaged with it in building the culture of our 
grant opening team and uh in this instilling uh, you know almost a, a kickstarter for what it means to actually care for each other um but but one thing that really bugged me or bothered me was i knew that within a year probably two-thirds of these people were going to be gone that's just what the data said you know i knew two-thirds of those people were going to be gone and i thought but it's and in fact next week we're going to hire more people because we're opening the doors with not enough and they're not going to have experienced that and so that that was a failure that drove how we do onboarding today you know so i i spent some time with each of our front of house team members and, and we have somebody else who does it with our back of house team members. And we talk about, we tell stories and we talk about why engagement matters and what is your job. Your job is to help guests feel full. What does it mean to feel full? And, and so that that's driven um, a lot of how we do business today, just because I, I think we didn't have enough people and I, I knew that was going to be a problem, but the ones we had were the right people. Um, I, I don't know if that answers the question fully, but that was, that was uh, very much that very much shaped a lot of how we do business today. Just that opening in general. What a great lesson learned, and I, so many lessons are learned through you know trial by fire, right? So that it sounds like yeah, a really powerful yeah. trial by fire lesson. Um, but you, in that story, one thing you alluded to, I just want to kind of ask you point blank: what what is your mission? If you had to put your mission in a few words, how do you, how do you state your mission? <laughs> yeah. So it's to help guests feel full. That's, that's the mission. That's the, when we ask our team members, what's your job for years, it was create regular fans. And that, that is, has been really helpful um, for our team to know my job is to create raving fans, but that is results oriented. That is, I want the, the guest to then, uh, love us very much. Well, this, this idea of feeling full is human driven. And so when you look at that, you think, okay, we're, we're helping, we're filling bellies. We're a restaurant, right? When people are hungry, they come eat. I drive a, you know, about nine year old pickup truck. When it's low on gas, I go to the gas station and I fill it up. And that truck could care less where I get the gas. As long as it's unleaded gas, it doesn't care at all. It's not like I, I go, hey, Betsy, it's, um, you know, it's, it's really kind of been hot today and it's really dusty. I'm going to clean your windshield when we get you home. I'm going to get you in the garage. Thanks for take, keeping me cool. No, it's a machine. It doesn't care. But when people come and eat with us, they're the same way in that they need their bellies full. If we don't, humans don't eat, we will eventually run out of fuel. But it's different because God created you and me with thoughts, feelings, dreams, emotions, and we're created in his image. It's different than machines, different than animals. And so when people come to eat at a restaurant, they're not just saying, well, um, you know, what's the best price or what's, what's the, what tastes the best or what's the closest or where's going to be the fastest. It's all of those things. And I don't know how your family, if you're going to eat out, how you guys decide where you're going to eat. But as we say, what do you feel like? And, and they, you know, I, how about this? Well, we had that yesterday. Well, how about this? I don't care. It just It's a conversation of what you feel like. And eating at a place is based – because we're human beings, we do it based upon feel. We don't put it in a spreadsheet that says, we're, here's where we are, the closest place that has the best nutrient density divided by the cost. We don't do all that. We just feel like eating somewhere. And I think part of helping you get full is regarding who you are as a human being worthy of dignity because God created you in his image. And that's a, 
that's a big thing when it comes to um, what our mission is. You know, if, if that, was, that was your question, what's the mission? The mission is help guests feel full. And that doesn't mean just you give us money, we give you food, nobody gets hurt, now you're full. It has to do with your soul. You know, it's something as, as, as small as smiling and caring and genuinely actually caring. Um, and just tiny little things. Uh, but that that's that's the mission is is for us is we want our guests to feel full. As you have guests come on to your location, come to your location, come in contact with you and your team, what do you hope they experience as they drive away? What what should be left with them? Yeah, I, well, I I think you asked what, what do I hope they experience. I I think that's more important than what they actually think. I think it's what they feel. You know, and so the the uh, experience would be: we hope that they feel welcome and cared for, and 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 I think that's hospitality in a definition is is when you help somebody feel welcome and cared for. Um, and so the the question has always been to me: why would somebody get in a drive-through line thirty cars deep when next door there's a drive-through of good food? I, um, that there's only one car there. Why would you get in that car? Th- that line 30 cars deep. Are we that much better? And I think when, um, when a guest experiences dignity and like, they feel like that person actually cares, you're, even if we say, oh, I just want food, we actually do want something deeper. And so what I want them is to feel welcome and cared for. And I think so many situations in my life where I didn't feel welcome or somebody helped me feel welcome when I was anxious or bored or I, I don't know. Uh, but when somebody invites you in, um, that's a part of the human need. It's part of the human experience. Um, and so that's, that's what we want them to experience is we want them to feel welcome and cared for. Chad, you and I have talked extensively about um, how, to, how to develop ownership in the business and how to get your team to really engage on, on different parts of the business and looking at you've, you've established ways for, you know, to kind of create ownership in various levels of the organization, various business areas. And in that discussion, we've talked a lot about lead and lag metrics, lead behaviors and lag metrics. And so I'd love for you to share with me some of your thinking around that lead behavior idea. Why, why should we be focused on those leading behaviors? Well, that that's straight from the four disciplines of execution. Um, the That's yeah, fantastic stuff. The We've we've developed some departments with a commission. You know, each each department head has a commission to whatever their commission is, and then the idea is that um, numbers flow up. We you know naturally, it's it's like the data is from on high and it's dispensed to the to the minions below, right? That's I feel like that's a lot how a lot of organizations work. Is how did we do and from high? We're trying to flip that to where. Um, each department owns their own numbers and they, they dispense the data up. They let me know how we're doing in that particular area. And so the focus would is, is I mean, it's kind of like, as you say all the time, how do you know if you're winning? But it's, it's really interesting. Um, my son plays on a, uh, on a basketball team. He's on a high school basketball team and, and, um, and it's a homeschool team. And so we, uh, um, you know, parents help. And so I, I helped coach this last year as an assistant. Um, and we, we uh, played another team that should have beaten us by a lot. Um, and they ended up beating us by about two. 
I think they, I think they beat us by two points and they were a team that's ranked higher than us. And, and going in, that was, it was really disappointing because we played incredibly well. The other team did not shoot well uh, and we shot really well, but they still beat us. And so we watched film on this and they, we realized they out rebounded us like crazy. We just saw videos of our kids looking up the ball and the other team would go around and just out rebound us. And I thought, man, if we could out rebound them or just, um, just improve in that area alone, that would have changed that game. And so we, uh, so the, the head coach, a guy named Ezra, did a bunch of rebounding drills, and we instituted then in the scrimmage at the end of the practice, at the end of the practice, a couple of things. One was, you're no longer allowed to yell to your teammate rebound, because that's a result. You can, I can just stand there, and if the ball comes right to me, I got the rebound, right? But rather, what is the behavior that leads to? to getting rebounds and that is blocking out especially defensively it's blocking out or offensively crash the board so you have to either yell crash or block box out you you can't yell rebound and so and then uh and then as they played several one-on-one games to i think to 10 or 11 just very short games i stood on the side and i didn't keep score i kept rebounding score and so what we found was there was a direct correlation at least for us in that short uh, in that short span, there was a direct correlation between the team that boxed out the most, got the most rebounds, and the team that got the most rebounds won the game. And it was it was really pretty big disparity. Um, and so we instituted that that mantra for the rest of the season. You don't yell rebound anymore. You yell boxed out. And we don't care if you rebound. We care if you box out. And that's just a small leading behavior. And so we played that same team again. Uh, towards the end of the year, I think it was, in fact, it was our last regular season game of the year. It's played that same team that beat us by two that was supposed to beat us by a bunch. And we went into their gym and beat them. And it was really interesting because the specific mantra for that whole game was box out. You know, they out rebounded us like crazy. Well, that's not going to happen again. And, uh, and I don't remember the actual rebounding numbers, but we actually, we out rebounded them that game and we ended up winning by I think eight or 10. And that was really exciting because we beat a team that was better than us. And I think that has a lot of implications and that those principles are great in sports in life and in business. Um, and so that, that that's a fun story though, because it was such an easy thing to see how focusing on the leading behavior and keeping score on the leading behavior, not on the lagging result um, had a, had a direct impact on literally winning the game. I love that story. <laughs> what a fun story, Chad. Yeah. And congratulations on on all the wins and stuff. But just, <laughs> yeah, that's I fun. can see how though you've been able to relate that to business because every day you're inundated. I mean, you y'all get an email every morning that says what your customer service score was for yesterday. You get uh, you know, food cost data three days after the first of the month. You get, you know, you you're working on your FCR, you got all these data points. You could look at productivity, you could look at speed of service you could you know there's just so many data points that your team still has to look at but those are not lead behaviors those are lag results mm-hmm. and so yeah. you have really put an emphasis on your team by the way i just want to say i love that you've given each person <laughs> a co-mission so you have a mission and then each each of your leaders has a commission a co-mission they're, they're doing your yeah. mission together in part yeah. of the business and then what you've asked from them is not only give me the lags that you're tracking, but what are the leads that lead behaviors that you're doing to change tomorrow's lag measures? You know, and, and I think as I talk to, you know, the 
the, our clients that we're working with around the nation and and maybe chick-fil-a is coming in the support centers coming in to kind of interview them or look at them or or even just do a walkthrough <clears throat> some of the things they're keyed in are not only are on the people the amazing people that that you have around you but some of the things I'm noticing they're watching right now are the what are the systems and processes that set you up for success? Because people are great, but they they tend to come and go. We can't build the business on heroes. And so, but we yeah. can build the business on hero systems and hero processes that other people can step into. And it's not just because, you know, Sarah's a great waffle fry person. And when she's on waffle fries, we have great waffle fries. It's that we have this system to be successful. Yeah. Cause I think part of the system is, uh, is evaluating the system ownership. Um, you know, I think, I think part of what part of delegation also is overseeing, is this a hero person or is it a hero system? Is this, is this written down? Is this scalable? Is, can we duplicate this? Yeah, that's that has to be a part of the engagement. I'm I'm not gonna bread chicken <laughs> at my restaurant. I know how to. I can make a beautiful Chick-fil-A sandwich, but if I'm doing that, we're in trouble. And then if and then conversely, if we have somebody who's great at it, but they have to be there for it to be great, that we're in a little less trouble than if I'm doing it, but we're still in big trouble, you know. But if there's a system for this is how we do it. This is how we teach people how we do it. This is how we evaluate if people are doing it right, right or not. Then if we lose that superstar, it's okay. We just, we still have the system. Yeah, absolutely. And you can win basketball games against the best team. <laughs> against, yeah, against, against better teams. A yes, better team, still, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> still win right. basketball games because yeah. you built a system and you, you looked at your leading behaviors. Good. Yeah. The, the book itself, I love four disciplines of execution. We use it quite a bit in, in conversations like I have with you and, uh, and they use that term lead and lag measure. We, I found yeah. it a little bit easier to begin talking about it as a lead behavior because yeah. be, it's hard to measure, but, it, but we do have these behaviors that we do and then we can measure the behaviors, but it's good that you've been able to implement that in your team and, and really develop Owners at every level. We call that every level ownership. So good job. Well, Chad, this has been amazing. Thank you for letting me kind of dig into your, your journey and hear a little bit more about your leadership journey. Thank you for listening to Build Your Culture Brand with Dr. Jay Rains. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Visit our website at buildyourculturebrand.com for our free culture brand assessment. See you next time. We would like to note that LeadersQ serves individual owner-operators and their teams and is not affiliated, endorsed by, or in any way officially connected with Chick-fil-A Incorporated.